0: This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Bacon Sale.
1: When it comes to film, you either die as an original movie or live long enough to see yourself kill your own franchise. Mm. <laughs> Welcome to Bacon Sale. Those are deep, wise words, Kate. Those are. Right? Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I want to redeem myself after a few weeks ago. Maybe? That was your attempt? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. I didn't say that's, I did it. You might need to keep working on that.
0: You did then. prepare, though. So that's that's uh, good. Yeah, about 30 minutes
1: before you guys came over. Yeah, Pretty good job, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyways,
0: yeah. welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm Kent. And Jacob. Thank you so much for listening to our Man Crush show. Uh, that was awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved, but we got some really positive feedback on both the show and on Lindsay. So uh, happy to hear that. And in fact, uh, Travis Morgan Hayes said, favorite episode by far. I think I might have Never? scared Kent on how quickly I answered the questions when he was asking me last week. Ha ha ha. It was really fun just to talk to people like before the show and
1: after the show. And I don't think people really th- think that we, we didn't get it wrong, basically.
0: No, we didn't get anyone saying like, oh, you're totally wrong on this. Everyone just wanted to offer their own opinion. Yes. There's just yeah. beauty all around. <laughs> Can <laughs> I say that? Yeah, sure. It's fine. We had a whole show about it. Well, and then we had Abe, Abe Yosby, our our friend. He said... This episode made me slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> is that all he said? To, he said a little Likewise. more than that, but that was okay. the part that I wanted to point That's out. That's too bad. It's not just the only thing yeah. he said. And then Mark Peterson said, uh, this is all on Facebook. He said, Lindsay was a great addition. Get her back for Women Crush Wednesday. You guys got to do it in the interest of equality. If you say so, Mark. Yeah, I think we're going to have to do it now. I guess we're going to have to now. It wasn't
1: in the works before, but we now. We hadn't, you, hadn't Mark- even
0: crossed our mind. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Those did. categories are going to be so... Good. They can't transfer Awkward. directly over, though. No. there's got to be
1: some adjustments. We were quite mean on some of those. Like didn't yeah. age well. That that
0: wouldn't it's go over well. Play. I think. I feel
1: yeah. like we have to go up a level too now because we went with really safe categories for the Man Crush show. So now when we do the Woman Crush show, I feel Standless? like I feel like it's going to have to just step up a little bit just so it's a little bit you know edgier. Like no, a I'm sequence. going this so tame is how it on works. this. <laughs> this will be like the bathroom etiquette show. I will be as tame as possible. Tame? Yeah. Okay. So you're going to leave Joel to do your dirty work? Yeah, exactly. Thank oh you. Boy. Thank you, Joel, in advance. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about this week, Jake? Today is the discussion of trilogy, the trilogy of trilogies. Yes. <laughs>
0: what does that even mean? This is three shows in one. double trilogy? One show in three. It's, yeah, because it's, it's not like the ultimate trilogy. We're doing a, We're doing a trilogy show but in three parts. Yeah, which is actually fun. And we'll explain those parts when we get to them because we have short intros for each one of those. Oh, I'm so excited. You're doing those? Yes. Yes. I got those taken care of. So uh, are we just jumping right into it then? Let's just, Yeah. Is there anything? I don't think there's anything else we need to call out. No, however. not at all. Okay. Well, let's go to the first trilogy. So, well,
1: should I describe the three parts? Or We just, actually have an intro for this one. Yes, we do. Okay.
0: Are you ready? In a world where greedy Hollywood executives want to make a lot of money... One standalone movie can suddenly become a trilogy when it turns out to be a huge box office success. Coming this summer to a theater near you. Movies that didn't need a sequel.
1: Yay! But I got kinda, one anyway. I kind of love that. Yeah, that was can good. you just speak in that voice for the rest of the
0: show? It kills my throat. <laughs> okay. For the next five minutes. We'll see. <laughs> That's all I ask. So, okay. So this is the, obviously from that intro. This, these, The first part of this, we, we're talking about trilogies. Yeah. Now, we tried to stick as close as we could to the definition of a trilogy, but, and this isn't what we're going to talk about, we can bring this up, the Star Wars franchise. Sure. You have the original trilogy, mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy, the and crappy trilogy. It, wait, the new one's a crappy trilogy? Eh, we're getting there. Okay, that's another show <laughs> altogether. But, uh, and so there, there's interpretations of trilogy, but we didn't do ones like... Uh, Hunger Games where there's 4 movies Yeah. or Harry Potter where there's 7 movies or Twilight where it feels like there's 20 movies but really there's only 4. Are there only 4? Is there only 4? It felt like 5 or 6. I can't remember. There's, there's only 4.
1: There's like 4 Breaking Dawn. No, parts. there's 5. Is because there, five? there are 4 I shouldn't know this. There are 4 Twilight books. Was, yeah, there is 4 books. And they, oh, they you're right. Is, is it 5 the final book? Yeah, they split the book into yeah. two. Are you but, sure? 5 movies? I think so. Yes. Why don't you
0: want to bunch name off the
1: books can. We uh, Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse, Breaking Dawn part 1 and part 2. There you go. I am so sorry. Where's
0: my manhood? Wait,
1: isn't that? I don't know. We've been searching. So four books. Oh, okay. Five parts. But
0: that's not what we're talking
1: about today. <laughs> should we? I feel like we should dedicate the show to
0: Twilight now. So we we picked trilogies and then we picked examples from each one of these trilogies. For yes. example, this one is like we said, movies, original movies that did not need any sequels, but they got them, and perhaps the rest of the rest of the trilogy dragged the original yeah. movie down.
1: It was not for the best. Which is not always the case, but yes, these movies could have stood alone. And been like classics that many years
0: down the road, someone would have said, that movie should have got a sequel. Well, now we know that it shouldn't have. But that's the problem today is that the whole leave them wanting more thing is completely gone. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like we want a sequel. It's like, no, you really don't. And that's why I get so bugged whenever they do these reboots or sequels because I'm like, "That's, that's a bad idea. Let it live on its own and be happy with what you got. For example, Kent, do you want to bring up the first one? The first movie, and no one will disagree. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's from 1999. It's the Matrix. Now, we talked about this. Uh, Jacob, I believe you brought this up on your uh, Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore. Your personal Mount Rushmore. You had the Matrix on there. Did I? I believe so. For some reason, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like two weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't have monkeys Jacob, on mine, Jacob, so, so I don't remember. Jacob's prep... Consisted of him looking at his phone right then and be like, uh Matrix. Matrix. So Jake, let me tell you what the Matrix
1: is about. So okay. a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the true nature of his reality and his role in the war against its controllers. Oh, that's right. It was the the summer blockbuster. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Now it makes sense. But, but it rec- wasn't actually a summer blockbuster. Yeah. But it wasn't because it, it was like it February, March. March. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Directed by the Wachowski brothers and starring Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, and Carrie Ann Moss. And Hugo Weaving. Can't forget Hugo Weaving. Right. This is
1: the one that I think everyone wanted. A sequel, right? Mm. Did they? I don't think they did. Well, look. I, I look. It sets Joel, itself up. We talked about the ending of this movie with him in the phone booth, right? And he actually says these lines, which is perfect. So he says, I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. And then he flies away as Rage Against Machine goes and yeah. rocks out.
0: And that really does kind of lead into... A, a franchise. franchise. Yeah. Well, it does. Except for it's uh, to me, the ending of the Matrix is more of a anything is possible. In fact, he he calls it. He says, oh, "I'm going to create a world where anything is possible." And then he flies, which has not been seen in any part of the movie. And it's like, this is amazing. He's going to take down the machines. It's going to be great. And then we got two and three revolutions, or no, uh, Reloaded and revolutions. Yes, and it's funny because
1: Reloaded only came four years after the first movie, which yeah. right now seems like that's okay timing but back then when they actually announced matrix two and three everyone was like i didn't think they were ever going to make
0: those yeah well and they filmed both of them at the same time too big risk Did so they? yeah they were trying to get it through and i actually i do have some stats here uh if i may so the original movie only had a budget of 63 million dollars really the two sequels each had a budget only. of 150 million wow and then you get into the box office and the, the original matrix well i guess i could say this you guys want to guess which one was the highest grossing second one third the second Really? Yeah. The first one gets 463, and then it spikes on Reloaded at 742, and then it dropped to 427. Well, think about the word of mouth after number two. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what the problem was, is everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is a sequel to that amazing movie. And they see it, they're like, it's not as good. Some of the next one comes out, eh, no one goes and sees Solo. So, so I,
1: yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So I did some research to see, because on these original movies, I wanted to see if the trilogy was actually planned from the beginning. Because some of these, it seems like we made some money. So, so what's make the more. answer? The answer is everyone on the forums, because there's no official answer, say the Wachowskis, uh, they claim that there has always been plans for extra movies.
0: They claim it. They claim, yes. But it also was kind of a hey, let's get this really crazy idea and see if it sticks. And it did. Yeah. And it's like, well, oh, now we can go more. It's interesting, right? Because if you're going to make a first movie, right?
1: Let's look at A New Hope. You're telling a standalone story that if it never had a sequel, you'd say, that's a great space adventure. Star Wars by itself is a great movie. Right. Because it has a beginning, an ending, and everything is fine, and the world is saved. In The Matrix, it even goes bigger. Yeah. It's not just like, hey, Neo kind of... Sorry, spoiler alert throughout this entire show. (laughs) Neo saves the day. Neo is resurrected in the first movie and comes back as Superman. It's not just he saves the day. It's that he is stronger than he will ever be throughout the
0: franchise. Well, and that's, the problem I, that's too. why I feel like that's not meant to be a franchise. Exactly. Because at the end of the Matrix, you're like, anything is possible. This is going to be amazing. And the second movie, you're like, wow, he's still really limited in his powers. Yeah. And then the third movie, you're like, wow, are they really going for a religious analogy here? Well,
1: yes, okay. of course.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to bring up Rotten Tomatoes scores just because I find this interesting. Sure. Uh, the first one, 87%, which seems low, honestly. That yeah. was a groundbreaking movie. Second movie, 73%. Third movie, 36%. Oh, wow. I Serious think I like the third on one better than the second one. Well, here's what I was talking to people about The Matrix. They said, and I completely agree with this, there are amazing parts. There are. Reloaded and Revolutions. Yes. Uh, like the the car chase scene, amazing, fantastic. The fight scene in with the stairs and the balcony, yes, so much fun but then you get the long talks with the architect, and you get the heavy handed messaging of Neo sacrificing himself to save the world. The the rave in Zion? Yeah. Even just seeing Zion was kind of a disappointment. That was
1: weird. It was just That was one of those things where you're like, I remember watching this in uh, Utah State, and all of us, we were having a big party watching Matrix Reloaded before Revolutions came out, and we all had to put our hands up to our eyes, so we didn't (laughs) have to watch that freaking rave scene. It's so
0: (laughs) weird. Well, and and, uh, the original movie actually won four Academy awards wow really it it got some critical hint the other ones i don't know if they were nominated or not like it just seemed like the first one was so amazing and the the other ones just couldn't hold a candle to it which is why they suffered yeah it's really interesting like
1: i so i have this quote actually from the architect the one thing he said that makes sense he actually encapsulates the matrix itself he says it was a triumph equaled only by its monumental failure so the matrix was a triumph are we talking about the, the wachowski's career <laughs> that's true yes <laughs> and he's talking actually about zion the idea of zion is a triumph until
0: it's monumental failure mm-hmm. but i also think this is the matrix movie because is. now they're a hiss and a byword well except for people still love the matrix but no one talks about the matrix trilogy yes they're always like the matrix is amazing and it didn't get sequels right wink wink nudge nudge comedy comedy yeah exactly <laughs> just a whole <laughs> lot
1: of comedy in there yeah Actually, how I felt about when I saw Reloaded, I was pumped. Even though the Burly Brawl with the million Smiths, where, where they all look like rubber, yeah. I thought that was cool CG at the time. It was cool, but it was and it lasted about six months. Yeah, it took you out. Though, yeah, it became, it became really cartoonish. But I was yeah. very excited by where it was going to go, and I kind of had this issue. I became one of these, you know, new fans where you write your own fan fiction. And then the third movie just can't do it any justice. It's not a, a fraction as cool. And so I was so disappointed by number three that two became worse. Even though yeah. two is not a good
0: movie on its own. Well, and like I said, I believe that two and three pull down the original. Yes. Where it's like, yeah, anything's possible. Oh, yeah, except. It's not. Yeah, apparently. Apparently he still has to like, you know, it just it gets it gets kind of ridiculous. Well, it's the thing. I mean, spoiler alert. The machines win.
1: Neo sacrifices himself for peace and the machines win. Machines don't
0: win. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. There's, Humans win. I can't remember. It's a truce. But it's, that is it. The truce... Was always there, but he gets to see a sunset. Well, she gets to see a oracle gets to see a sunset. Oh, man, I have man. forgotten everything about Good. revolutions. And then they switched the oracles, which was weird. So but, yeah. they talk actually about uh, not a reboot, but a semi sequel to this. That's the problem. Is the Wachowskis have basically said no? We're not. We're not going to do this. Good. And then Keanu has said, "I'm not Keanu. He's a buddy of mine. <laughs> uh, he says I'm not going to do it unless the Wachowskis are attached to direct. Is that what we really said? Because there's so many other directors that can pull this off. At this yeah, point. But better. Apparently yeah. Warner Brothers hasn't. Has, ha, well, The Hollywood Reporter announced that Warner Brothers was in early stages of developing a relaunch of the franchise. Who would
1: you have directed, Kit?
0: Oh, wow. Uh,
1: who did uh, Zwick? Maybe Edge of Tomorrow guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. Be, honestly,
0: Denis Villeneuve. But uh, no, that's what I was going to say. Right, it'd be Denis I, Villeneuve. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But, even, but they will have a female uh, hero this time around. But it's not going to be the same. Because no. The Matrix came out of nowhere. It blew your mind. And now if it has the name Matrix attached to it, people are going to expect bullet time. They're going to expect... Yeah. Uh, you know, reality that's the questioning your own reality and things right. like that. So I just feel like it's a bad idea to do anything more. In fact, I like if this were cable, I maxi race, I'd be racing both revolutions and reloaded. Me too. Right. <sighs> but that first movie, it's in my top 10 movies of all time. It's so good. Uh, and even though, it. even though it's dated, because yes. it, it is dated. The effects look dated. Yeah. It's still a fantastic movie. So good. All right, Joel, what's our next one? Our next movie that should have remained an original movie and didn't need a trilogy is men in black. Uh, Do you get the synopsis for this one, (laughs) Kent? A police officer joins a
1: secret organization that polices and monitors extraterrestrial interactions on Earth. RIPD? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Kent, how much of that song can you sing still? Uh, uh, We're good guys dressed in black. Remember that in case you ever make face to face and make contact. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all I remember is bounce with me, yeah, bounce with me, <laughs> bounce. That's all I remember. Uh, Release ba- hey, the best Joe, song. I'll, I'll bounce with you. It's Thank good. you. Yeah. Uh, released in uh, July second, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, directed by Barry Sonnenfeld, starring Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith, and Linda Flor- Fiorento. And uh, this movie had a budget of ninety million, which is you know pretty hefty, yeah, yeah for back yeah. then. But it was effects driven in ninety seven. Uh, had a box office of 589 million worldwide. So it made its money back in yeah. some. Men in Black 2 uh, got 441 million. So a little bit not as good. And it with good reason, it wasn't as was good. Was that a movie. 2002? I
1: believe so. So that was about five years later. Okay. Yeah.
0: and then Men, But Men in Black 3 actually peaked up again at 624 million, being the highest grossing yeah, of the But franchise. wasn't that 10 years after 2? Yeah. Yeah and and here's the problem this is why more than that actually this is it? why I feel like this movie did not need or shouldn't have had a sequel was because the chemistry between Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith was what made Men in Black great yes yeah. like it was very good chemistry with just you know the crotchety old man and the young punk yeah and then they a spoiler alert for Men in Black they wipe Kay's memory and so he goes back to being an old person they close person. that chapter they close the chapter but then in Men in Black 2 they're like oh we don't have the chemistry anymore uh let's bring him back let's let's bring him back and i'm like no don't bring k back he's had a happy ending he's off living with yeah. his wife, and he's happy and then they had to drag him back in and then men in black three we don't have the chemistry hey how about a younger k that'll be good now granted i think that number three is better than, better no, than number two. Two 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 isn't good it's three good. actually might be good but it's not great and I've seen it one time, and I never cared it. Was to go like back to it was like a C, wasn't
1: it? Like, I can't remember. That was, it was super bad. forgettable. Uh,
0: actually, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 92% for number one, 39% for number two, yeah. and 69% for number three. That sounds about right. And I feel like like Men in Black 1, it ends yeah. with this kind of mind-bending moment when they're talking about how small this galaxy is and this little marble, and they're joking around about it. And then the camera zooms out and shows that our galaxy is just another galaxy in a little marble playing like with aliens playing marbles. It's like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy sort of of cosmos meta thing, and it's it's great. It was it was a great ending. And now, granted, this comes from a comic book series, and so there's tons of stories they could pull from so i understand them wanting to do more yeah but it just felt like good closure at the end of one i don't think you needed it so other. i mean
1: do you just wish it was rewritten because i feel like that was an origin story for jay like do you just feel like that you wish that was the only one or Wait, do you k wish k or j for j oh isn't, number two yeah no don't isn't j will smith yes yes so that was his origin story just say, oh just you mean man black, yeah, 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 sorry, man black one yeah sorry black one do you yeah. wish it was just a, had a better sequel? Because I feel like you could expand that character
0: and give him a new partner. Yeah. I mean, but even then, like the whole point of this section is that it didn't need a sequel. Like Men in Black right. by itself is great, but no one's like, I love the Men in Black trilogy. Yeah. Because no. they like Men in Black. Although, they like the song. Does anyone even like that anymore?
1: They are going to re- re- reboot this movie. Indeed. Uh, with Chris Hemsworth. Long hair or short hair,
0: Kent? Uh, short hair For and, sure and Tessa, <laughs> and Tessa
1: Thompson It will be Tessa Thompson
0: Valkyrie So from Two from, from Thor, Ragnarok, Thor, Ragnarok. Thor and the Valkyrie So you know They, they basically Want to get that video. Oh, By the way Yes I was going to say this uh, on December 10th, 2014, Ken, it was revealed that Sony was planning a crossover between Men in Black and the Jump Street franchise. Yeah, 21 Jump Street or yeah. 23, whatever what? it is now. Yeah,
1: call it. What kind of crossover is that? Cause Cause I the don't know. Thing. You think
0: about it, like 21 Jump Street, they
1: did this whole, at the end of 22 Jump Street, they do parodies of what the sequels could be. Yeah. And it plays on a joke that could almost be Men in Black 4. Uh-huh. And okay. so they're like, I don't think they're going to make another 21 Jump Street at this point. Or maybe not another Men in Black. Hopefully not. Um, so, I actually have some fun facts on this one. Okay, go for it. So, uh, a few casting choices that people that were almost in this movie: Clint Eastwood almost had the role of Tommy Lee Jones. That might have worked. He yeah, turned it down. Um, and then David. also, David Schwimmer and Chris O'Donnell were asked to be Jay, so Will Smith's character, and they both turned it down.
0: David Schwimmer, that yeah, could been you weird. imagine that that? Ross in that role?
1: Yeah. No, so th- this role was tailor made for Will Smith. And then also on IMDb trivia, according to Tommy Lee Jones, he didn't mind being covered in slime, but Will Smith hated it. Forty-one
0: out of forty-one people found this interesting. <laughs> I love IMD trivia.
1: <laughs> just like we need to the number at
0: the end. Well, it's funny to me too that like Men in Black won Academy Awards for Best Makeup and it was nominated for Best Score and Best Art Direction, whereas Men in Black Two uh, got a nomination for a Razzie for Laura Flynn Boyle as Worst Supporting Actress. Yeah, wow. Which I like Laura from Flynn Boyle. She's fine, but in that movie, I don't know. Just it. It wasn't. It wasn't a good matchup. Like the chemistry was. I don't know some did which just wasn't right about that movie right by the way I looked it
1: up uh Chris Hemsworth tweeted set photos is what it was oh so they really are doing it yep it's done Such they've started a bad idea I think they're just coasting off of like he was the best part about Ghostbusters and they're like ah oh, he's funny he can do funny that is probably where they got him from because totally. he could do both yeah and he's bankable yeah he is you think so man no show. I do- <laughs> I, who's, do the, I- who's the better looking Hemsworth Kent yeah uh, Liam no you think it's Chris. is there a third one? <laughs> Anyways, okay. The third? there is he's, yeah. the
0: who, he's the one who played Thor and Thor Ragnarok in the play. Is yeah, that really. That's, him? That just that's the third Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, that's he's, a Hemsworth. He's
1: hideous. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> kind of is actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the third and final movie that should have been the original movie. Yes. Is Ocean's Eleven from two thousand and one? Synopsis: Kent, Danny Ocean, and his eleven accomplices plan to rob three Las Vegas
0: casinos simultaneously. Which is a pretty—that's actually a pretty good teaser. Yeah, that's I like that idea. idea. It's, it's, a it's a heist like, movie. It's like what? How are they going to pull that off? It's a heist movie with the coolest cats around. Yeah. Released December seven two thousand one. Directed by Steven Soderbergh. Starring George Clooney, Brad Pitt, Julia Roberts, Matt Damon, Bernie Mac. Who else? Uh, Don Elliot Cheadle. Gould, Don Cheadle. Like the two. Uh, Casey Affleck. Affleck. He's in there. Yeah. Um, and the budget for this one was only $85 million, and it made $450 million seems like a lot for Ocean's Eleven. I was going to say, 85 was, sounds, sounds like, like a cast. But, no, that's it what I'm saying. they been. got a ton of cast there to do it. And they're also filming in Vegas and casinos and I don't know. You know, it's funny because most of the main characters, they or the main actors, they play themselves.
1: Yeah. Except for maybe Brad Pitt eats all the time. And I'm, I'm sure he does, because I hear he stinks. <laughs> is it his breath or it is It smells his like BO. nachos. That's the one. <laughs> But I mean, they still, these guys, they just, they ooze cool in this movie, it, even though they're
0: just the actors. Have you seen the original Ocean Eleven, Ocean's Eleven, I by the way, with no. uh, um, Frank Sinatra, Sinatra. and uh, I can't even remember. Uh, Frank Sinatra's the one the that's coming to mind right now. I watched it not too long ago and I, f- I feel like a millennial because I'm like, yeah, that one's not good. I like my, but these guys are way cooler, like George Clooney, yeah. Brad Pitt, because the Rat Pack was, I was never, oh, Sammy Davis Jr. is in there too, uh, but I was never into that group. And so they didn't seem as cool. They kind of just seemed like cocky and I didn't quite, I don't know. It wasn't as good as a movie as I feel the 2001 right. version. The thing I love about the 2001 uh, one is like that's when I was in college
1: and it felt like the cool PG-13 movie you could watch with anybody because yeah. everyone was
0: yeah. going to enjoy it. Oh, yeah. And uh, this one was also one where it just, I don't know, it was a, I keep saying mind bender and I don't want to say that anymore, but this is one where it was kind of like, whoa that was really cool how they pulled that it's off nice surprises yeah yeah whereas in 12 and 13 it gets really contrived okay 12 is <laughs> one of the worst 12. movies i've ever seen the highest grossing of the franchise that's because you haven't oh. seen oceans 8 with 360 oh no i lied i lied sorry never unless lied. you have have you stop seen it? it it's it's higher grossing than 13 so it was the same thing we had with uh, the first movie we talked about okay where it's like after the middle one yeah sorry the first one is still the highest growing. My bad. Which is funny because
1: much like like Men in Black, Ocean's 13 is actually okay. It's like reheated Ocean's 11. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it brings back the
0: formula in a, in a likable way. Well, because in the second one, they're not... Okay, first of all, it doesn't make sense to get the gang back together because the whole point is that they were going to pull off this one job and go their separate ways. Yes. In 12, they're all forced back together because of contrived reasons. And then they're not stealing from an enemy. They're getting a stock certificate and a faberge egg yeah to pay back an enemy
1: it's style over substance the, the the it has one of the worst scenes in movie history where the julia roberts plays this character impersonating <coughs> julia roberts
0: it was a weird meta moment where
1: it was like I don't know, it pulled you out of the movie. It, it, the whole movie pats itself on the back. Yeah. There's the entrapment scene with the French dude where he's doing the whole Catherine Zeta Jones entrapment walk or whatever. Oh, I don't remember that the laser field. I blocked that out. Yeah, you should have blocked it out. I hate that movie. And I don't ever care to watch 13 again. I, I'll watch eleven pretty much any time. I will too. It's not oh, eight.
0: Such a good movie.
1: So you really think I mean I haven't seen eight. We talked a little bit about reboots mm-hmm.
0: and whatever. I Eight's seen already either. made.
1: Mm-hmm. Eight's worse than twelve. Oh, it's very close.
0: It's very close. I doubt it. Well, here's the here's it's the thing about so it. From what I understand about it, because I haven't seen it either, but it's Danny Ocean's sister. Yeah, I'm like, that's a, just it. Uh. No, no, it's it's. You didn't, so need, contrived. you didn't need to pull in a connection there. Just make your own separate movie. Don't have to connect it to the, the Ocean's. It's the franchise. laziest
1: movie I've seen in a year. Yeah, it's so lazy. I I say it's really on par with 12. It's very close. It's yeah. a terrible, I terrible movie. I need to see this movie now. <laughs> it's bad. It's, it's so disappointing because it's like nothing bad happens, nothing good happens. It's just like, ugh, the whole time. Okay, I need to see it. Which is too bad
0: because it has a likable cast. Wait, so Jacob says it's mediocre and you're like, I must see this movie. It's Kentmas. Yeah. No, but that's is. bad. I need, yeah, I know. I need that's to see Kentmas. it. Has. Kentmas isn't for vanilla. You you know I love bad movies.
1: Like you're not going to give it an F most likely, but you'll give it a D for sure. Okay, good. Yeah. That's good enough.
0: Or bad the enough. Power of suggestion. <laughs> So, so there we go honorable There's, mentions at all I, I have some honorable mentions i'd like to bring up uh, pirates of the caribbean was one i've talked about before yeah. didn't even, and you could consider the first three a sequel because that's will turner and elizabeth swan's story right uh, it's Elizabeth Swan's song huh. uh also i wanted to put in there back to the future two and three are fine but number one can really stand its own remember when those two had a career that was a good time huh? turn oh okay yeah i was like back to the future what no no sorry yeah. you're a beat behind uh, Iron Man was one where the first one's so good. Two and three are actually, forgettable. I actually have a quote about that one. Robert Downey Jr. said, With the second Iron Man, there were certain aspects that were
1: dissatisfying and disappointing to me. But at least they lit me right. <laughs> That's
0: what he said about well, Iron Man you, 2. You literally can pull out Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 and not miss a beat. Because at the end of Iron Man 3, it's this big, I'm never going to be Iron Man again. And then the very next Avengers movie, uh, Iron right. Man's back. And
1: as we've seen... At least they lit him right. What does that even mean?
0: Because He looked, he looked the, good. Yeah. The movie is
1: filmed well enough. Okay. Because that's the thing. I don't want to talk too much about Iron Man, but he, as a launch pad for the MCU, Iron Man worked perfectly. Yeah. And because he's been the leader in the Avengers movies and so on in Spider-Man, mm-hmm. like that's his character. He really didn't need two or three, just like you were saying. No, you pull it out and you wouldn't miss a beat. So can't, is he totally done after Infinity War Is he going to die, you two? mean? Yeah, I mean, like, is Iron Man going to return? No, we're not going here now. We, <laughs> it's another show altogether. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, It's going to be Captain
0: America. Uh, other, I, have, I have some more honorable Taken? mentions. Taken? Uh, I, see, I haven't seen three... I think I've seen two. You've seen three because you've seen two. Okay. It's the exact same movie. <laughs> it's not yeah.
1: good. I don't remember either of them except for there's so many jump cuts oh, that yeah. you just you get
0: dizzy. But one is cool. Yeah. No, yeah, it is. um i also said blair witch project which you're like there's a sequel and it's like yeah there's it's a trilogy but shadows don't watch any but the first one crocodile dundee dumb and dumber (laughs) oh wow honey i shrunk the kids there's only two two dumb and dumber right no there's a dumb and dumber when harry met Oh, i didn't
1: think about that one yeah it's a different cast
0: i can't remember what the the, we're called but and then uh, honey i shrunk the kids the never ending story the ring and robocop there's my ones that movies that should those are good own. ones but they're trilogies i
1: forget that the ring has three movies as well ring the,
0: two and then rings yeah the rings came out two years ago yeah yeah and the one is number one is so good so good
1: oh two with the deer
0: scene oh man <laughs> we could do a whole idea. show about bad
1: second movies <laughs> oh we totally could but, but Ken, we're not gonna do that this
0: time no can't do you have any other options Uh that's it all right time to transition fellas let's go on to our next section in a world where most sequels are inferior cash grabs with recycled plot lines, one movie will show that with a little effort and some really good screenwriters, you can actually surpass the original. Coming this winter to snobby film festivals everywhere, sequels that were better than the first film. Woohoo! hoo <laughs> I love that. That was good. So in the first section we were talking about originals, this one we're talking about sequels. Sequels that were as good or better than... Yes.
1: Which it's, is funny because it's a spin on what we were just saying, which is like the first one's the good one. Yeah. You know? But, generally,
0: generally speaking, the first one is the good one and everything but this comes is after is the except- the shadow of it.
1: So one of the... One of the most memorable, maybe the only memorable scene from Scream 2 is they're in a film class in college and they're talk to, talking to Timothy Oliphant's character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they're talking about sequels, how sequels are always inferior, inferior. And then he starts saying Empire Strikes Back and Godfather 2 and everything. And they say those were planned sequels in a trilogy and they don't count. But here we are talking just about those movies. Sequels that are
0: great. Yes. Regardless of where the other movies went. So, Kent, do you want to start off or you want me to start off? You go first. Okay, for this one, we're going to start with one we talked about fairly recently, uh, but we're going to talk about it again. It's Spider-Man 2. Peter Parker is beset with troubles
1: in his failing personal life as he battles a brilliant scientist named Dr. Otto Octavius.
0: Released in June 30th of 2004, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Tobey Maguire, Kirsten Dunst, and Alfred Molina, with a budget of $200 million, Whoa. which was uh, significantly higher. I think the first one had under a or maybe it was 150 on the first one but so they got a boost and, and this one made 783 million worldwide holy cow which is actually Jeez. uh the lowest of is the it franchise. the lowest well <laughs> of that because you get that's crazy you get spider-man that had 821 million and then 73 this one and then it goes back up to 890 million the highest grossing of the franchise was spider-man 3 okay that's disgusting that well is. it did have like the launch pad of Spider-Man 2 to go off of no launch pad was in the, the DuckTales movie oh that's it <laughs> um, and also with Rotten Tomatoes this one has the highest rating of 93% Spider-Man 1 got 89% and Spider-Man 3 got 69% 69% yeah that's that's fresh
1: yeah it's that's, fresh that's so and fresh and it's one of the worst well we'll get there what is it about Spider Man 2 to you guys that makes it so good? Because I think about the movie and how campy it truly is. Oh, it's
0: campy. It's through very and through. Campy. But that's just it. This. Okay, so Batman lives in a dark world. Yes. So, dark world makes sense for him. Sp- Spider Man lives in a brighter world, a happier world. And mm-hmm. so, there's an amount of camp that is acceptable. And this movie rides that line so well of like, hey, we're going with a cheesy scene here. And then we're going to bring some real emotion into it. And I'm like, it works. The, the balance works. They hit the balance correctly. I mean, from the very get go, when he's delivering pizzas on his motorbike and the
1: whole thing is just cheesy, He's swinging through the city, the pizza gets all, you know, bumped up and
0: everything. And it's it's just funny somehow. Yeah. Yeah. And where's my rent? Yeah, Things like that. And that's just it is I feel like one of the reasons this one succeeds is because there is a believable conflict in both the Peter Parker storyline and the Spider-Man storyline because you get it's a struggle. Like I remember feeling so bad for Peter Parker. Yeah. Who can't make money off being Spider-Man. So he still has to keep a second job and he's having trouble making ends meet. I would actually say this is the perfect time for Tobey Maguire
1: to play this character. Because in the first Spider-Man, well, he's a little bit too old to be a high schooler. In Spider-Man 3, Mm -hmm. eh, I don't really know what's going on there. But (laughs) Spider-Man 2 is this college-age kid who just... Yeah, like you said, he was a great story with Peter Parker and the Aunt May confession as well. Everything is just so crisp here. Well, they already got through the
0: origin story,
1: so they didn't have to deal with all that clunkiness. And I would say this is one of the perfect examples of a superhero movie... Going past its origin to character progression. Yes. the One of the best
0: act twos I've seen. Well, because, and this is uh, bringing in a lesser movie maybe, but Batman Forever. Yeah. The struggle of Bruce Wayne is whether he wants to be Batman or not. And it works. It's kind of like, yeah, that is a tough job. Why mm-hmm. would you want to do that? But then at the end, he's like, I'm Batman because I choose to be. Yeah. And this one's the same type of thing where Peter Parker is like, I don't think I want to be Spider-Man anymore. And I'm like, I get it, bud. I get it. Yeah. And that part with the suit just hanging out of the garbage can. Oh, take, iconic. Take it from the comics. Yes. But man, it it's just—it's kind of like wow, that's that's really deep. Well, and that's the thing. I mean,
1: everything about this movie, I would say, is better than the original because the original, I think, is so good.
0: Not with well, there's the there's the Green Goblin costume, right? Okay, so the Green Goblin is the problem with the and the CG is a little bit funky, a little bit. They actually invented a camera for this movie that would drop. I think it's like 2,500 feet or something like that. That, that, That's a made up number, but (laughs) they would have it like so. They had a camera on a pulley that could drop like that. They invented this whole system so they could make it kind of swing with Spider-Man through the city, which I think is awesome. But I I do feel like a a Doctor Octavius is a much better villain. Dr. Octopus is a much better villain than uh, Green Goblin. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because William Dafoe brings the level of camp up just a little too much. Yeah. Because honestly, I love the first Spider-Man movie. It's one of my favorites. I think I did put it on my personal. uh, You did. Yeah. Yeah. But every like I I prefer the Spider-Man scenes to the Green Goblin scenes. In the original Spider-Man. Well, it's
1: strange. I would say this movie works. I mean, even though the villain is Dr. Octopus, because for me, he's not one of the best Spider-Man villains. Uh, he is the arch nemesis. Oh, Green Goblin is no, so it the is arch- Doctor <laughs> Octopus.
0: We have a whole show planned about this. For
1: years we've planned this show, but it's Green Goblin for sure. But Alfred Molina does such a great job in this movie. And the effects are so cool that the, the hospital scene with yeah. the tentacles. That evil dad yeah. feel to it. Or even when uh, Peter Parker's talking to Mary Jane in the in the diner. And all of a sudden you hear the poof, poof And yeah. it goes closer to her. Poof, poof Yeah, Just a 360
0: pan. It works. This villain works super well in this movie. And, and, but then you have, like this is why I, I love this movie. Because you have the moment of Aunt May getting flung up by one of the arms. Yeah. And grab, this 80-year-old woman grabbing onto a ledge of a building with her umbrella cane. Like her umbrella hook. Yeah totally can't be. but in the moment i'm like oh good she's safe because it feels like a cartoon it's a live action cartoon and it works well yes and also the runaway train scene
1: oh that's so good it's so good i remember watching it in the movie theater and going i don't want everyone to see you know peter parker's face this is lame but you watch it now and you're like this is actually a great superhero
0: moment and they're like he's just a kid and you, yeah they, like then they give him his mask back oh it's a touching yeah. moment yeah it gets me and he does that strange like yeah. You know? Well, dude, what face are you gonna pull if you're trying to That's stop a train? That same face.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a good face. It's, it's a, usually following a Mexican restaurant. It's been used great for memes though, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Spider Man 2, I think, is
0: like one of the most defining movies, movies for sequels being better. Yeah. And it's not like Spider Man was a bad movie, it's just this one improved on it. Yes. Speaking of movies that improve upon the original. Yes. And actually changed the genre? Totally.
1: For the series is Terminator 2. A cyborg identical to the one who fell to kill Sarah Connor must now protect her teenage son, John Connor, from a more advanced and powerful cyborg. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's good.
0: Uh, Released July 1st, 1991. Directed by James Cameron. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Linda Hamilton, Edward Furlong, and Robert Patrick.
1: This is one of those movies where even if you were in a home that couldn't watch R-rated movies, yes, still watch Terminator Two. It was
0: on TV all the time. Well, that yeah. too. Uh, this one had a budget of nine. It says ninety-four to hundred and two million. A little fuzzy oh, there. Okay, okay, but around hundred million, and it made five hundred and twenty-eight or five hundred twenty million worldwide. So this film actually outperformed the full gross of the first movie in four yeah. days. <laughs> yeah, the first movie only made seventy-eight wow. million at the box office.
1: And did you say this one was the first film to gross over, you know, 300 million
0: internationally? So this was a huge, huge movie like this. I forget how big of a cultural impact this movie had. Yeah. And actually, when they made Terminator 1, James Cameron uh, had the idea for what he wanted to do with Terminator 2, but he had to wait for the effects to catch up to his idea. So he knew there would be liquid Terminator. And then when The Abyss came out, he went, OK, maybe we can do this because they had that water uh, yeah. effect in The Abyss. Now, uh, this one—if you haven't seen the first Terminator movie—it is a solid horror film. Yeah, yeah. like you have this relentless monster who's who who can't be stopped, who's killing every Sarah Connor in the phone book, and just you're the next on the list, and you have to wait for your turn. It's so terrifying. The effects are a little dated. Yeah, but it's still a good horror film. Super dated. But then you get this movie. It's
1: like claymation. Well, it's it's funny. We talked about originals that should have stayed originals. The Terminator is one of those movies that could have stayed original because it finished a story.
0: It did. And, and it had the whole kind of, you know, time loop in yes. it where it's, you know, the time paradox where Reese is the father of John Connor, even though he went back to go save John Connor. A little weird, but okay. Yeah, but it's good and yeah. it's well done. And then this movie comes along and... It's an action movie. Yeah. It's a straight up awesome 90s
1: action movie. And expands on the story. Like when Sarah Connor is in the insane asylum and actually sees Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's a great moment. Oh, it's amazing. And she backs away,
0: even though she's making an escape. It is, you're with her. Yeah. Well, even, okay, even in the mall, and, and I say this to bring up another point, even in the mall, when uh, he's going towards John Connor, the cop is coming towards John yeah. Connor, and then Terminator comes around, which he's been taught about, and he drops the box of roses and pulls out the gun. Guns and roses, get yeah, it? Uh, and then he shoots the cop, who's the bad guy. Yeah. That was a moment where I went, wait a minute, but that Terminator's the bad guy. Have Why? you seen this boy? Yeah. And then, uh, that, that's what I wanted to bring up, is I feel like this movie is great, better than the original, Yeah. but... I think that the original watching the original strengthens this movie because then it gives you the perception of how evil the Terminator was and that's why it's so shocking when he becomes a good guy in number two. yeah, it's just a great storytelling technique.
1: Uh, Michael Bean who played Kyle Reese in the first movie, the okay. one who's protecting Sarah Connor, he was the first choice to play T1000 so the Liquid Terminator so they were gonna like switch roles basically oh.
0: Wow, that would have been weird.
1: Really weird. In fact, they said, they, they just abandoned it. It's too confusing for the viewers, so...
0: That would be confusing. Yeah, You're yeah. like, I don't know who's who anymore. What's happening? Because, I mean, then you get... You, so, and this is an example of building on your story. Because you have the T-800, which is this mechanical, robotic exoskeleton. Right. With and an the, Austrian the, accent. Yeah. and sure. then the, and the, <laughs> Why not? It's the future. And then you get the T-1000, which is liquid metal, which yes. in the 90s was awesome. And right. it's still... I mean, the effects look a little dated, but... It's impressive for how much they could do even back then.
1: What year was that one? 91. Yeah, that really is impressive. And Didn't I, and it I, win an Academy Award?
0: I think it won a couple, actually. For Yeah, uh, six nominations, four wins for Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, Best Makeup, and Best Visual Effects.
1: effects. Yeah, and yeah, the first one was not nominated for anything.
0: One of my favorite yeah. moments, by the way, if you ever watch Terminator 2, one of my favorite things to look for is when they have gotten rid of the CG and it's just a person painted silver no like there's a, there's a couple moments where they use just kind of a silver person to do a like a quick cut but it's like that's awesome ah. that's funny but this movie is iconic like when you hear the words hasta la vista baby that's you know totally yeah. from that's from this movie and pe- people use it all the time and then i remember i was watching oh was it hot shots part do and they have like saddam hussein getting frozen by the liquid nitrogen and oh, breaking yep. apart mm-hmm. uh, simpsons did a couple parodies of this one like this was a huge yeah, it's movie it's I mean, I'll be back. My goodness. Remember how
1: they never made a sequel to that one? Yeah. It's weird. Mm. As he did the thumbs up going down into the lava. <laughs> yeah. The
0: thumbs, thumbs up was probably the worst thing in the movie. No, it was touching. Movie. It was touching. <laughs> was it? Yeah. What did I just see that on? Oh, it was Ready Player One. Oh, yep. Yeah, oh, it was. Yeah, Ready yeah they, one. Just, they made it yes. up and sent yes. Ready Player or the One. the Iron Giant guy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, but this movie is. is uh, this had an unprecedented budget of at least $94 million in $1990, 1991, which was 3.5 times the cost of the average film back then. Wow. Wow. They, this was a huge that's budget movie. That's Cameron for you. But, it's, but it was put to good use because it was all towards these groundbreaking effects that no well, one That's Noah what had he was known for,
1: right? Was going over time and, and over budget.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what it's, actually with Avatar. He wanted to make this movie and they said, yeah, we don't have the technology for that. And so he sat on it for yeah. a long time until it was like, okay, now he can make this movie.
1: It's weird what that guy does with series. Like even look at Alien is not a trilogy, so it doesn't really need to be mentioned here. But the first one is a lot like Terminator. It's a horror film. And then Aliens, the sequels, the action, directed by Cameron, film. is yeah. an action
0: movie. Now I know what you're saying out there, listener. Right now, you're saying, "But wait a minute, what about Terminator Salvation and Terminator Genesis and Terminator the TV show and Terminator the Serial? Um,
1: <laughs> Terminator the Serial? Yes. not Terminator Two. The uh, oh, what about the Terminator the Mac the Genesis the game, Mac and Cheese Terminator? Yeah. That's what. That's my
0: that favorite. Great. Yeah. Uh, well, we considered the first three to be the trilogy, and then they tried to reboot the series yes. with Salvation and Genesis, and and Failed they're going to miserably. do it again. Did yeah, you know that? I heard. What?
1: So Schwarzenegger is going to be in another one. Oh, no. And Linda Hamilton will
0: also be in this new one.
1: Linda Hamilton. Yep, Remind p- me who that is. That's, She's that's Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. Isn't
0: that? Okay. Yeah. 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 They're getting Linda Hamilton to come back for it. And I just, it's not going to be good. Well, are they going to you know, have to
1: de-age Arnold, right? Like well, they did, Gen- style. did you see Genesis?
0: I can't remember. They use some interesting... <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember any of these movies. No, no anything you have to They're do, really quite forgettable, remember, honestly. But then... No, no. So you have uh, one in 80... Number one came out in 84. This one came out in 91. And then Terminator 3 came out in... 2003. So there's a huge gap between these movies. Yeah. And Terminator 3 tried to once again build on the franchise by making the new monster wear a red coat. And that was their I thought that,
1: Wasn't 3 the... Where there was the, the lady yeah, Terminator? Yeah, the okay. TX...
0: The Terminatrix. Yeah. But we're
1: not talking about that right now. Okay. We're talking about the next. Mm. It's the next and last in this category. Yes. The sequel that is better than the original. Yes. And maybe needs no introduction, but Joel, go ahead. The Dark Knight. When the menace known as the Joker emerges from his mysterious past, he wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham. The Dark Knight must accept one of the greatest... Uh, a psychological and physical test of his ability to fight injustice. I was really into the description until you dropped the
0: ball there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, released July 18, 2008, directed by Christopher Nolan, and starring oh, a French guy. I must be French. Uh, starring Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Aaron Eckhart, uh, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think that's the only one's main ones. Yeah, not Katie Holmes' this one, but Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, budget of $185 million, box office of $1 billion. This okay. one seriously got its money back.
1: So in two thousand five, we talked about this a little bit, the Mount Rushmore show, but two thousand five Batman Begins comes out, and I was blown away with how good a
0: Batman movie could be again. But and that got a box office of three hundred and seventy two million. Crazy, right? This one made a billion. The first one made three hundred and seventy two yes. million. And so all of a sudden, three years later, I'm like,
1: "Oh, The Dark Knight," and they're doing The Joker again. And I actually saw this movie maybe a week after it came out because I was too nervous to see it opening weekend. I was like Batman v <laughs> Superman all over again, a little bit. And so I had a friend go see it for me, and I said, "Hey, man, you just got to tell me, like, is it good? I, it's gonna, it's gonna be terrible. I have so much hope for this movie." And he came back and he was like, "I can't even tell you how good this movie is." I'm like, "You, you you're lying." You know, you've blown up my expectations and I saw it and I saw a crime saga that rivals the
0: best movies ever made. Yeah. Well, and this, it's funny because like reading up on this, because this this whole, this is probably one of the better trilogies out there where each movie is solid in one form or another mm-hmm. because you get Batman against this really cool origin story and then you get Dark Knight, which is one of my favorite all-time movies. And we talk about it a lot on the show, Yeah. but I don't think we've ever dedicated like no, a section to it. it's always these passing references of why we didn't think Heath Ledger was a good Joker, but he turned out to be a really good Joker. And then you get the Dark Knight Rises, which not my favorite in the franchise, sure. probably my third favorite of the three. Yeah, but still solid. And it, it continued the story now. So, OK, I have so many reasons why I love this movie, but one of the biggest
1: being like the story overpowers the spectacle here. Yeah, this movie even filmed on IMAX cameras and and does a lot. It travels the world in a few scenes. But this story
0: is the biggest part here. Yeah, and it, and it really is like it's a, it's a lower budget blockbuster, 185 million. Yeah. in 2008, that's it, I mean that's high end, but sure. not like super over budget or anything like that. Christopher Nolan knew what he was doing because it was about the characters, not about like you said the spectacle. Now I found this interesting, Kent, and I don't know I don't know if you will or not, but apparently uh, the whole this whole franchise or tr- trilogy, I should say started with this original story reboot pitch by Joss Wheaton. He pitched an idea for a Batman franchise to Warner Brothers and they rejected it and said, no, but they said, we probably should do something. So they hired Christopher Nolan and David Goyer to write Batman Begins. And I, I was like, that's amazing to me that kind of Joss Wheaton kind of kicked off this by failing. Well, oh, man, I'm sure he added some stupid joke about
1: everything hurts. Because well, and, and when he writes Batman, it's pretty bad. Yeah. You no, know, it's funny because G- Whedon used to be DC's guy. He wrote a Wonder Woman uh, treatment and then, you know, also, st- I guess, started things on Batman as well. And it was unceremoniously kind of shown the door. Mm-hmm. But
0: thank goodness. Well, and in, in another reason why I think this movie succeeds is much like we talked about in Spider-Man 2. The origin story is done. Yes. We can just r- jump right into development. And one of the best possible decisions they made on this movie was... Was to not give the Joker a backstory. Right. We don't need to see his his how yeah. he came to be. We don't need to see him push a woman into a vat of acid and then, you know, crash in a helicopter. Right. That's that's pointless and ridiculous. What we need is just this enigma, this weird kind of like unpredictable, scary well, being and that abberation with the audience. You want to know how he got these scars? Well, and I love and that he tells a
1: different story every time. That's the thing
0: is the first time you hear that, like, wow, it's horrifying. And then you, then you hear it the second time, and he tells a completely different story, and you're like. This guy's crazy. Yes. <laughs> and I love that. And, and this movie kind of proved that superhero movies could be taken seriously. This one received eight Academy Award nominations, and it won for Best Sound Editing and then Best Supporting Actor for Heath Ledger. I
1: truly believe that the Oscars now have up to 10 Best Picture nominations because this one did not make the five nominations that year. No. And it was after this year that they bumped it up. up.
0: Very upset. As they should be. Yeah. And uh, this, and also this, I mean, this is an original film, but yeah. it borrows from uh, the comics, uh, graphic novels, I should say, The Killing Joke and The Long Halloween, which I've now read both of those. Yes. And they're both really good. But the way that Nolan put it together is so well done. And I do think
1: there's a little bit of wasted potential here, but I'm sorry. I, every time I watch this movie, I focus on a different character. And lately I've thought more and more about the character of Harvey Dent because I think the way they destroy his character as the white knight, as the hero... Yeah. In the Dark Knights. It's tragic.
0: It's so tragic. Like, we focus a lot on the Joker. Yes. But there's something to be said for both Batman and Harvey Dent. Right. Because Harvey Dent affects everyone. And in fact, it's the reason
1: why Batman decides to become this known vigilante because he doesn't want the character of Harvey Dent destroyed,
0: even though he went dark. Yeah. Things went bad. Now, we're not saying this is a perfect movie that can't be picked apart because we've done it before. We've done it on this show. But, man, this is one that I crave to watch. And more so than Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises. This one really is so much... And, and I say and, fun. And also...
1: It's dark. Well, it's just fun to watch because you know you're watching something brilliant. This is a great sequel. Unlike Empire Strikes Back, for example, or maybe Two Towers, that you can watch the second movie and be fine.
0: Well, and that's just it. Right? This is one... And you know my issue with, st- with I the do? second movies when they can't stand on their own. Like, I love Back to the Future 2. Yeah. I really enjoyed the 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 2015 The Future and like the whole storyline of of changing timelines but then it gets to the end and Marty's not home and there's still unfinished business yeah. and it can't stand on its own whereas Dark Knight you can plop that one in Watch it, and you don't have to worry about the other two movies. That is the example to me of a great trilogy. It's one where they can stand on their own, but together as a whole, it's a powerful story. Oh, that Batpod, too. I'm just thinking of all the scenes. I need to rewatch this movie right now. Fanboys. All All right, (laughs) right. yeah. All right, we'll move on. Sorry. One of these days, we'll have our second best. So, Godfather's considered a trilogy, right? Yes. Yes, totally. Okay. Well, we'll get to that. Because uh, now we have honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Uh, so X-Men 2. We uh, we talked about that one a couple totally times. Totally X-Men 2. Uh, Troll 2. Troll 2? <laughs> mm? Joel? There's Troll, is Troll this- 2, and there's a Troll 3, but it's named something else. And they're not related at all to each other. So that was kind of a... There's a Troll 3? Yeah, but it's called something else. I don't remember what, but it's unrelated once again. Even though Troll 2 is about goblins, not trolls. Exactly. Nilbog. Uh, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Yes. Uh, the Rescuers Down Under. <laughs> uh, Evil Dead 2, The Godfather yeah. 2... And the reason the Godfather Two. Here's the thing: a lot of people say Godfather Two is better, as good or superior to the original. Mm-hmm. Now, I've seen all three, and I I still like the Godfather One the Me best. Too. I'm with you, actually. Yeah. I don't think Two is superior, but Two is a good job. Two, the thing, the reason I think people like Two is because it gave us an origin story and a continuation at the same time, which is amazing when you think about it. Two different stories going on at the same time, so good. And then three is kind of a mess. I haven't seen three. Actually. It's, it's not, I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is, but it's definitely not as good as one or two. Okay. Uh, then you get the Naked Gun 2.5, The Smell of Fear. I put that one in there because <laughs> I think that one's hilarious. And the third one, everyone's just awful. Poltergeist 2. And oh, yeah, finally, Poltergeist 2, The Other oh, Side. Yeah. Because Poltergeist 1, horrifying. Poltergeist 2, give us Kane, the preacher. And his horrifying face that haunts me to this day. <laughs> it is the worst. Yeah.
1: That poor man who played him. He is hes evil.
0: Yeah. So we're, <laughs> what we want to say here is that not all sequels are bad, but it's rolling the die. Yeah.
1: Also, just to jump onto yours, because I agree with all oh, of those. Uh, the Two Towers, which I mentioned. I Actually, it's, it's the Lord of the Rings movie, which is my favorite.
0: Extended Edition, of course. Yes, of it course. Might as well.
1: Which, I'll- even though it doesn't stand on its own. It can't. It is the most grounded in all the movies. A- yeah. And also, Helm's Deep oh so good Such it's a good battle. so good and you you said X-Men 2 but I'm also saying in the new trilogy or I guess now it's four movies considering there's another one coming out but X-Men Days of Future Past right I had no, came expectations, right after first class.
0: no expectations for this movie I expected it to be awful and holy cow I was blown away Kevin Bacon <laughs> yeah that's it gotta mention that name ready for our third and final section in our trilogy
1: let's hear it trailer announcer voice man here we
0: go in a world where a successful film franchise can do no wrong one movie will prove that the series can't go on forever and bring the formerly profitable trilogy to a crashing halt. Coming next Wednesday to a gas station in Kearney, Nebraska. Third installments that killed the franchise. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I love you,
1: Joel. From Kearney. Ah. So these are third. So this is what we're focusing on. Not a perfect trilogy. Not one that ends on a solid note because that's
0: very rare. Batman did it. I'm trying to of other examples. The original Star Wars franchise did it great. Um, but there's not many. Many people would say Captain America did it as well with Civil War. Yeah. Even though it's an Avengers movie. Well, that's, that's the problem. with The Captain America one's hard to do because it's so intertwined with the other movies. You can't just pull out uh, the first Avenger. Oh, and Winter Soldier Winter is a Soldier. far better movie than the first Captain America movie. That too. could be included in the yeah. sequels. Uh, but then Civil War is also really good. So yeah. come on. Airport skirmish. Let the sunshine, Kent. <laughs> I will not. <laughs>
1: but the movies that killed the trilogy cuz for a lot of these they planned just
0: to keep going but as we know as we know nothing really dies in hollywood anymore no everything has a second life somewhere so a lot of these they killed the franchise for a time yeah i mean look at pirates 3 yeah they just there kept was a huge going. gap there but there, there was a gap there wasn't there between 3 and 4 Oh yeah, huge gap. Yeah, years and years, and that's what that's what this is. This has kind of killed it for a while. Tokyo Drift or Fast and Furious for a while, <laughs> and then Not they kept very going. <laughs>
1: but let's start off with X Men: The Last Stand. Ugh! An all-out war looms when the discovery of a cure for mutations draws a line between the followers of Charles Xavier
0: and those of Magneto. Released May twenty-six, two thousand six, directed by Brett Ratner and starring Patrick Stewart, Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry. Uh, Thamka Jensen and uh, everyone screw else. Screw you, yeah. Brett Ratner. <laughs> oh, jeez, Jake. <laughs> Yikes. Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, with a budget of $210 million, Which is this crazy. was the most expensive film at the time of its release. Wow. Good job, Brett Ratner. So can I tell you why I'm personally offended by this movie? Brett Ratner. Please do, Betty Lee.
1: Um, because when you saw X2... And it shows Jean Grey, or it shows the dark, or it shows Phoenix in the water in Alkaline. Yes, because
0: at the end of X2, she saves yes. everyone by holding back water from a dam, and, and you're like, it gets too powerful. This is going to be
1: the moment I waited since the animated series.
0: And then she turns into fire, and then you see a Phoenix kind of and flying it's across this the water.
1: beautiful tease where you're like, the next movie in this franchise will be brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I was so excited. Geek Me in 2003 was stoked. And then <laughs>
0: they show you Angel. Angel. And The Cure. And Cyclops dying in the first five minutes. That's Okay, that is the moment that lost me. Oh, of course. Honestly, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. where They're like, why would you kill off Scott Summers like that? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it, it, it didn't make can I, sense. Can I
1: tell you why they did it?
0: Please do. So, r- both Rebecca Romaine
1: who played Mystique, and James Marston's roles were reduced when the film was rushed in production. So they're like, even though they had three years before this movie came out, mm-hmm. they rushed it in production and they had sc- prior scheduling conflicts. Because James Marsden was in Superman Returns. Yeah. And so he's jumping ship over there. And well, so that's,
0: like, and that's where Brian Singer was too.
1: Yeah. Which is a big
0: problem. Brian Singer, the director who directed X1 and X2, left. Yes. To, and put Brett Ratner in charge of this one. Cyclops is pivotal to the Dark Phoenix story. He's and he's the they, one who saves Jean And then
1: killed him immediately. Ugh. In fact, Brian Singer, and there's a few quotes from him about this movie, he admitted that he regretted decline, uh, declining this movie. Uh, in in favor of Superman Returns, which didn't really work out super well for him. He says he realized his mistake before he was watching X3 during watching X three and after watching X three, <laughs> which I thought was kind of perfect,
0: but X three X Men the Last Stand is the highest grossing of the trilogy with four hundred fifty nine million dollars, whereas the other one X two only made four hundred nine, and the original X Men made under three hundred million. Oh, really? So and but th- this was one... still not a ton for number three though. Surprisingly, nope. no. But I mean, the, yeah, total of one point two billion for the trilogy. Yeah, sure, good for them. But uh, also with the Rotten Tomatoes, X Men one gets eighty one percent, X two gets eighty five, and Rotten Tomatoes. Er, pff, and X3 gets 58%. Hmm. So it's still borderline good. 58 is generous. For so sure. This is why this movie is so
1: terrible. Because so they only had seven months to write the script. I'm actually wondering why they rushed this. Because they had three years between two and three. Doesn't make sense. But there's only seven months to write the script. So the writers, they wrote the first
0: 80 pages in one week. Mm-hmm. Well, 80 then, pages. That's 80 minutes of film ugh. in one week. When well, Matthew Vaughn was originally attached to direct. Mm-hmm. But then he left for uh, professional and personal issues. Oh, is that what they said? I believe that's what they said. Hashtag rehab? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. No, I think he was just having issues with the studio because he wasn't happy with it. But the thing about it is Matthew Vaughn, who's directed, uh, What has he directed? First Class. Kingsman and and what else? Oh, uh, he did First Class. Kick Arts. Yeah, but he actually, so he can do a good job with this. But he went through and looked at it and he's like, I kind of regret doing it because I had this whole idea set out. I would have let a lot, because they said they rushed through the movie because they were just trying to jump from plot point to plot point. Right. Because they had too much to cram into this movie. Too many, too many characters, too many plot lines. They should have just focused on Dark Phoenix. This would have been a better movie for yeah, it. Yeah, and The Mutant Cure. There was were way too many main plots for this movie. Well, and X-Men has always been political. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's the, the yeah. political subtext. But this one felt overtly political. Yes. And it got to the point where it got preachy. Well, and that was kind of... And the problem you know, is they gave Storm... They gave Halle Berry a bigger role in this because movie. Because she demanded it. Yeah. She wasn't going to be in it unless she got a bigger role. And changed and her, her so accent they, again. And so, spoiler alert for X-Men The Last Stand, they kill off Professor X... So that she can run the school. And I was like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. This, this killed X-Men for me.
1: This movie is so <laughs> bad. I mean, when I saw First is Class. Is that a Patrick
0: Stewart joke? Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, <laughs> basically.
1: <laughs> but when I when everyone saw First Class five years ago, or five years after this movie, everyone was like, oh, another X-Men movie. Fox is just trying to keep the franchise because they have to. Right. And then it was good. And yeah. I was like, holy cow. And then Days of Future Past erased yeah. everything was about the next this three. movie yeah. which was the, one of the best really movie was. moments. I've, it was almost a split moment for me when I'm watching that oh, movie. Going, oh, yes. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> wow. is that down, what happens?
0: Jake, you were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'd remember that. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so there we go. All right. Our next movie uh, is Jurassic Park 3. A decidedly odd couple with ulterior
1: motives convinced Dr. Grant to go to Isla Sorna, resulting in an unexpected landing and
0: unexpected new inhabitants on the island. Released July 18, 2001, directed by Joe Johnston, who I like a lot of his work, uh, Honey and Shrink the Kids, The Rocketeer, like these classic ones from Captain, my First Captain America. Yeah. Uh, and starring Sam Neill, William H Macy and Ta Leone Budget of $93 million and it made $368 million worldwide. So, it made its money back. Still it successful. Did quite well. Yeah. And it also, I mean, it got, oh, it got a 50% in Rotten Tomatoes, so that's not great. But compared to Jurassic Park in, okay, so can, yeah, The Lost World. I mean, I forgot it was directed by Spielberg, first of all, until I was doing this research. But that movie wasn't good. So why is Jurassic Park 3 getting the hate? No, I'm going to disagree with you there. I actually do think The Lost World is good.
1: Because Mm. when they're on the island, It's good. Even the Jeff Goldblum stuff outside of the daughter who's a gymnast is pretty intense. And then it brings it all back home and becomes terrible. I think there's a good movie hidden in there. And the way they the dinosaurs still looked great. They go to another mm. island, which is fun. But this movie, it was four years after Lost World. And I think the excitement had just died down at this point. No one really cared. Was, yeah. Somehow the series is back now. Well, okay. But... Sus- yeah, Suspending back in a big your- way
0: too, oh, yeah. with Jurassic World. Just crazy. But this killed the franchise for almost a decade? Uh, over a decade, <laughs> yeah. yes. And so this one, but the whole point is you have to, sus- first of all, you have to suspend your disbelief that a little boy could survive on an island full of dinosaurs for that long. Because mm-hmm. it's all about this, these parents going to look for their son. But then they bring in things like 3D printing of a Velociraptor's voice box. And then they, I, I can almost hear the pitch meeting where they're like, what if we have the raptors in there? But they're smarter raptors with little feathers on their heads. Alan. 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 Wake up, Alan. <laughs> no, but that's just it. Is I feel like, and this is a problem with these a lot of these franchises that we're discussing today, is that they can't let go of what went what worked the first time right so it's like oh raptors they were good let's bring them back again hey we're doing a third movie you know what we need raptors same thing for the reboot i I do this
1: movie started what is going wrong in the reboot where they're like hey we have raptors and a t-rex which are like incredible they are awesome and they're scary what's better than that bigger dinosaurs yeah. so they went for the spinosaurus
0: which i think yeah. people hate more than even the new ones they do and the reason they went with that is because they said there's too many dinosaurs that look uh too much like the t-rex we want one that's uh, easily identifiable as a different dinosaur but he killed
1: the t-rex in like five seconds in this
0: one. Oh, and that and it was totally like this passing the torch thing where it's like you think t-rex is bad wait till this guy comes along oh and there's smart raptors <laughs> it's so bad <laughs> i mean it really did seem like sam neill just did this for the paycheck Oh, totally. And, and in the movie, that's the whole point. Yeah, he's is the that movie. he needs to do it for the paycheck. And so it's kind of funny. This is the first movie that uh, in the franchise that was not directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. And the first one that is not uh, based on a book. Lost World actually used parts from the original Jurassic Park. But Michael Crichton also did write a Lost World book. There's no book for this. Nope. And in fact, Michael Crichton, I think that. <sighs> yeah, they had a pitch meeting where they said, hey, we need some we need some help. For this one, he said, I, "I can't even help you out." He hasn't seen the movie. As far he hasn't of, seen it. Well, well he's as dead a, now. it was well. Yeah, it was as a. Michael Crichton's dead. Yeah, yeah, he's dead. Oh, that's right. Sorry, uh, but eh, I guess he. I don't know if he saw it or not because they interviewed him in two thousand two, and he mm-hmm. said, "I still haven't seen Jurassic Park 3. Yeah, because I think just. Well, he, okay. Mm. Here's what went wrong.
1: They they actually had a uh, a movie that they were going to make. And they just they went to Joe Johnson. They said, OK, teenagers are stuck on a new island with dinosaurs <laughs> and that's what's going to happen. He said, oh, that's good. But uh, how about we don't do that? But he didn't have another idea. In fact, uh, actually shooting for the film began before a final script was completed. And they just shot scenes and shot like, you know, chase scenes and everything. And they didn't even have a script that mm-hmm. was about that. And they just kind of spliced that into the movie. How is that
0: even possible?
1: Because they they were like,
0: hey, we got the technology. We can make these dinosaurs look really cool. Uh, Give me a scene of uh, like them driving through a pterodactyl cage on a raft. Okay. So, uh, fun fact. The effects crew used 250
1: gallons of oatmeal to simulate spinosaur droppings. 108 out of 109 people
0: found that interesting. (laughs) One person did not. That's most people. One person's like, oh, droppings. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, they find a cell phone in dinosaur droppings. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so that was oatmeal. (sighs) So bad. Like I really I and really the one the one part people remember about this is the dream sequence. Yeah. When Alan uh Grant Dr. Alan Grant is riding in a plane and they looks up and there's a raptor. The whole air airplane's in a mess. Mm-hmm. And then there's a raptor staring at him. It just goes, Alan. Yes. Wake up, Alan. Huh. I, I, I hear to go into your first point, the reason why I
1: think Lost World did not destroy the franchise because there's... Gymnastics ma- girl? Uh, uh, there's still majesty with that movie. You watch it and it f- still feels like the dinosaurs are there. It feels larger than life. Yes. Even when the T-Rex is in the ship and he breaks out of that little... Yeah. And you know, breaks into the harbor. You're like, okay. And then he goes in the kid's pool and he's like, there's a monster outside uh, and I need a drink of water. Yeah. But there's still majesty. This one, even though the Spinosaurus is bigger than anything, it feels like straight camp. Is it and better it's or worse the joke. than Fallen Kingdom? It's worse. It's worse than Fallen yeah. Kingdom? Okay. Everyone hates Fallen Kingdom. I just thought it was average. I thought it was so bad. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. It's just, yeah. yeah
0: different it's show. It's like th- two different movies. doesn't really know what it is. But it's better than Jurassic Park 3. So now, our third and final movie. In our third and final section Woohoo! of this trilogy show. Kent? Spider-Man 3. We could not do the show without bringing this up. And we know we talked about Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And this was the only time we we repeated uh, what we wanted to talk about. But it just feels like Spider-Man 3 is one of those movies that you can just point to and say, yeah, that. That killed the franchise. Here's why we need to say this, because
1: this was not meant to be a trilogy. Sam Raimi is like, oh my gosh, for the first two movies, these guys are giving me so much money Mm -hmm. to make whatever movie I want. Yeah. With his vision, that's crazy. In the, Even nowadays, yeah. no oh, one really gets
0: that. You didn't read the synopsis yet. Oh,
1: yes, yes. A strange black entity from another world bonds with Peter Parker and causes inner turmoil as he contends with new villains, temptations, and revenge. That's racist. And emo haircuts.
0: Well, we'll get into that.
1: So Sam Raimi got to make the first two movies as he wanted. All of a sudden... You know, uh, Avia Rad, who works, you know, he's a producer, right, produced the movie. He said, no, 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 include this character and don't do that plot or add this plot. And he, Sam Raimi, basically was kind of deflated with this. He wanted to make four, five and
0: six after this. Oh, he had a whole plan set up of movies he was going to make. And here's the thing. This movie didn't do bad. Well, it It, made piles of money. So a budget of two hundred and fifty eight million, which if you remember, was it was. Yeah, I think actually that's one of the other ones. Yep. Right there. With an estimated budget of $258 million. it was the most expensive film ever made at the time of its release. Wow. So I think Sam Raimi was like, well, I'll show you. <laughs> uh, but then it made, you guys want to guess how much it made? $890 million. Wow. Almost $891 million. So it made its budget back and then some. This is worldwide numbers you're given, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it's the highest grossing in the trilogy. Uh, Which has a total of around $2.5 billion, that franchise, that trilogy, just that
1: trilogy. So it's interesting because I talked a little bit about Sam Raimi, and I think that's kind of what we need to talk about here. He wanted just the Sandman to be the villain here, and maybe a little bit with Harry Osborn, maybe close off that arc. But but everyone was like, oh, the Sandman,
0: no one cares about that guy, but look what he did with uh, Dr. Octopus. But, But here's the thing, Kent. I don't feel like the Sandman story is bad. No, I don't not at all. I don't feel like sympathetic, so, even. Yeah, and I don't feel like the Venom storyline is bad, but the two of them combined kind of mm-hmm. got crowded and didn't give them enough time, and it became pared down to where it was just kind of these snippets of what you could have gotten well, if they would have stuck. Don't with you one. feel Venom was done poorly? I, I feel like, well, I feel like the Venom storyline, like I like the Eddie Brock thing, the jealousy thing that worked really well for me. As long as it was a different actor, maybe. I'm fine with Topher Grace because he looks really? a lot like
1: Tobey Maguire. Yeah, but it's just too similar. It's like- That's the
0: whole point, though, is that Eddie Brock is this mirror image of Peter Parker. And I will say the church scene when uh, Peter Parker's ripping off the black suit is great. Oh, yeah, with the bells and everything? Yeah. But the problem is Topher Grace's face shows too much. They should have just gone straight Venom. Yeah. It would have been better for it because that goofy half-in, half-out face with the fangs... It's the worst. ...is like Halloween comical. So that was kind of ridiculous. But this one... And then also they wanted to add the Gwen Stacy storyline in. And so the Peter Parker story is weak. There's too many villains going on in the Spider-Man story. And then they keep the Harry Osborne thing going, she's like, Oh wow. He still hates Spider-Man. Oh, he's becoming the hobgoblin. Yeah. This is way too much. And then they have Mary Jane with the new guy and, and then hmm. the dance scene and then the dance scene, which is <laughs> considered by many, if you don't know, Peter Parker attaches himself to this alien symbiote, which makes him feel different. Yes. And so he decides he's going to become an emo. So he wears eyeliner and has dark hair mm-hmm. And emos are known for this. Um, he goes in this whole dance sequence swing dancing. And in the middle of the street, just and it's not like uh unpopular confession, please.
1: I love when he's when he's strutting in the street.
0: With the pointing fingers. It's for me,
1: because when Spider Man two, when its raindrops keep falling on my head and he's waving at people and it's a funny montage, this mirrors that in the most corny way possible. It's but too I much loved corn. the shout out. I loved when he's like pointing and he's he's
0: doing the finger you know, guns. Then he does the rolling with the hands, yeah. the pelvic thrusting. I'm sorry, <laughs>
1: I like that up until the very next thing that happened—the karaoke, uh, the karaoke, yeah,
0: the, the one where you're trying to make Mary Jane jealous and yeah. the whole abuse thing in the club. Oh yeah, like it's it's it go, it crosses this line where it's like, okay, hey, this isn't clever or funny anymore. This is just annoying. Yeah, and that's the problem. It just tipped the camp too far in the other direction. And I just feel like it's, it's, the the script is way too complex for what it was. Right. Like they're trying to make it a lot deeper than it was without having any substance.
1: Yes. So I have a few quotes. Like dying the
0: water black so you can't see the bottom when it's two feet deep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Sam Raimi said he was deeply unhappy with how the film turned out. He had hoped that the planned fourth film would fix everything. (laughs) So he's like, yeah, I hated it too. In fact, he says, Uh, It's a movie that just didn't work very well. I tried to make it work, but I I didn't really believe in all the characters. So like we talked about overcomplication. Right. Um, And and that couldn't be hidden from people who love Spider-Man. If the director doesn't love something, it's wrong of them. So the director to make it when other people love it so much.
0: Well, and also, so Sam Raimi had plans. Like he, in 2007, Spider-Man 4 entered development. Like they were getting ready to make Spider-Man 4. Yes. And then... With the vulture. Yeah. And then in 2010... They announced that they were parting with Sam Raimi because uh, it wasn't working out. And Sam Raimi was like, I went through a ton, four different iterations of the script. It wasn't working. I hated it. And I wasn't, I wasn't working well. And so they kind of just said, oh, you're done. Which and I'm then, okay with that because then you made drag me to hell. Well, yeah. yeah. Then, and then yeah. two years later, Andrew Garfield comes in. Yeah. And it's a completely different movie. Completely different feel. Not as good. Yeah. But um, I just feel like, like this is one of those movies that when people say, oh yeah, third movie that, tri- that killed a trilogy. This is the one because it so could have gone on. I've heard people say this is like the worst superhero movie ever made, which no. I think no. is just it's no. hyperbole. 63% of Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah. fresh. In a world where like f- Fanforestick exists. Oh, yeah. How could Spider-Man 3 be the worst? Almost any of the Fantastic Four movies can be pointed at as one of the worst movies ever. <laughs> or oh. <laughs> yeah. worst superhero movies ever. I should clarify. Yeah. Man. Yeah. That's a good show, though. Worst superhero movies. We could do one of them. Oh, that. we'll get there. Oh, that'd be a great show. Add to the list. So and then honorable mentions. So who knows what cancel. So yeah, that's the that's the end of our uh, trilogy. Honorable mentions I have here. I want to mention uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three Turtles in Time. <laughs> yeah, so cheesy. Killed the <laughs> franchise. What was up with the costumes in that one? They were in fruit in feudal Japan. They were like spotted though. Is the turtles oh, yeah, looked yeah different? They look different. Yes, I think they lost some of their budget. Uh, Terminator three Rise of the Machines. We already talked about right. that. And then Home Alone three. Wait, and killed the franchise? Killed the franchise. <laughs> even though, even though no, not, him, not him growing
1: up. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is going to seem like too soon, but Poltergeist 3 killed the franchise? Well... Because they killed Carol Ann? No, they didn't. <laughs> it's the curse
0: of Poltergeist. They didn't kill Carol Ann. The actress passed away. It, the movie killed Carol Ann.
1: Kane took her to hell where he belongs. And... Well, no. they, they didn't even have Kane. Like,
0: they actually had... Multiple, a different actor had, playing yeah, him. Yeah, there was, there's was a curse on that set.
1: But, you know, Poltergeist 1 and 2, like we said, so great. Poltergeist 3, they just seemed like a cash-in. But then they rebooted the franchise.
0: Yeah, and they tried. They tried. And then nothing really happened. Yeah. And Terminator 3. Yeah, Terminator 3 was one we already kind of talked about, but... And they have Genesis and Salvation, but the trilogy really did kind of die after that one. Because now it's like this new group of actors, new group of people. They were meant to get
1: uh, Edward Furlong to play John Connor again in this one. But he had some personal issues, shall we say. Okay. Jake, what's personal issues mean in Hollywood? Diarrhea. (laughs) Diarrhea. Rehab, Jake. Oh, that's it. Jake, come
0: on. Bump set and diarrhea. I thought we were going to get through this whole show without a bathroom joke. Nope. (laughs) Just once, guys. Just once I want to get through a show without a potty, potty humor. Never. So that's the thing. We're all used to trilogies.
1: And in look, if a first movie is great, we want to see another one. Sometimes the second movie is amazing. But then it's the third movie that you always worry about. So that's the format we followed here.
0: But at the same time, and I think that the reason... Someone was talking about to me about this. And I think the reason that the trilogy works is because we're all used to a three-part structure in a play. A beginning, a middle, and an end. That's kind of what we're used to. Mm-hmm. But the And this is my plea to you, the listener. Just because you love a movie doesn't mean you'll love the sequel. Don't demand sequels. Be happy with what you get. Yeah. If there is a natural continuation of the story, fine. But I'm actually tired of Hollywood trying to shoehorn in sequels whenever possible. Like, Star Wars ends with the throne room scene. Everything's happy. Everything's fine. Right. And then an Empire, it starts off with some bad things have happened since then. And that's fine. But now, almost every single time, they want to give that little hook of like, the villain's dead or are they and exactly? I'm like, oh, come on! Well, it's funny. Like a movie,
1: like uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Live Die Repeat, whatever they call it now. Right. I saw that movie and I was blown away. And I was like, I could go for a sequel. Ah, uh, no, I couldn't. Yep. please yeah. don't make the I sequel. I did the same thing too. It was like, oh, it'll be awesome. If no, that's not. Yeah, that shouldn't. Don't happen. ever do that. I'm, of just course, need, they're
0: trying anyway. But. We need to stop. We need to stop demanding sequels and reboots and remakes, <laughs> and just be happy with what we have. <laughs> please. please. So there we go. Anything else to add, gentlemen? No, I think that's it. Well, thank you for listening, then. If you want to find me, you can find me at 786Joel on Twitter, or you can find me performing with the Quickwits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midvale Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, go to uh, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my
1: movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Jacob A. Rogers, and Bacon Sale on Twitter at Bacon Sale. And go to our uh, merchandise store if you want to check out some of our uh, some of our merch, some good stuff in there. It's tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale. Dot, sale. So I'm just, I'm just throwing this out there, guys. Okay. I have to do it. All right. Uh, this is for the listener, not for you guys. Okay. Cool. We have big news coming this week. So be ready. Big, big news. Swing low, sweet hut coming for to carry me home. Swing low, sweet
0: Cherry Hut coming for to carry me home. Uh, that was awkward and uncomfortable for everyone involved. It's Can good. you just speak in that voice for the rest of the show? It kills my throat. <laughs>
1: I am so sorry. Where's my manhood? I already Hello. found you, baby.
0: Bless her beautiful hide. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Comedy, comedy. I love the Men in Black trilogy. And he's
1: bankable. Yeah, he is. You think so.
0: I feel like a millennial. Christopher Nolan? Come on. Airport skirmish. Let the sunshine, Kent. <laughs> I will not. Screw oh, you, yeah. Brett Ratner. Wow. Good job, Brett Ratner. Geek me in 2003 was stoked. Right. I agree, him. What if we have the raptors in there, but they're smarter raptors with little feathers on their heads? Alan. Alan. Alan.
1: Wake up, Alan. 108 out of 109 people found that interesting. <laughs>